Welcome everyone to the Index Podcast, where we chat with professionals about tactics for continuous learning and professional growth. I'm Thomas Cotter, one of the co-founders of Index, and we're experimenting today with our first podcast, bringing on Brendan Quinn, a former MD at Silicon Valley Bank, who also went to my alma mater, Holy Cross. Brendan, welcome to the first ever Index Podcast. Great to be Quick with you, Thomas. disclosure, Brendan is one of our investors in Index, but I'm confident that won't influence any answers that he has today. Um, Brendan, I'd love to start with a background on your career. I know you went to Holy Cross and studied economics and went to SVB, where I think you went from analyst to MD. I'd love to hear you walk us through that journey with a particular focus on how you approached learning at so many different roles within a single organization. Yeah, no, happy to. Um, yeah, so I joined, uh, as Thomas mentioned, uh, SVB right out of school um, in June of 2006, joined as a credit analyst and kind of just worked my way through the organization uh, for 15 years. Um, it was, uh, so I, I did about five years after my analyst program, I did about five years in the sales business development uh, side of the house, um, focusing on uh, portfolio management and new business origination all in within technology. Um, so I was predominantly working with venture-backed uh, software businesses, Series A to D, uh, providing them uh, credit financings, you know, working capital financing, equipment financing, term loans, what have you. Um, in 2010, so just, you know, SVB, um, if, for those that aren't familiar, is a is an organization that's focused on the innovation economy. So deeply immersed in the technology, life science, private equity uh, ecosystems. Uh, and SVB has always faced this, um, you know, decision of like, do you do you go do you go broad or do you go deep? Um, and SVB has stayed very true to its knitting and going deep. And so one of the businesses that SVB launched uh, during my tenure there was a, a practice called mezzanine financing, uh, which was really a way for SVB to uh, make investments into its um, top quartile of its um, por- own portfolio, portfolio, banking portfolio uh, into breakout businesses. And so I helped to kind of found build that out and, and scale that up uh, to a pretty large business within within SVB over a 10-year period. Um, and so that was, that was from the context of learning. I think that was a pretty interesting time for me um, for a couple of reasons. One, just by virtue of the companies that you're working with, the entrepreneurs that you're spending time with. Um, just you know, being very much on the on the cutting edge frontier kind of technology. Um, and then two, it was like it was it was entrepreneurship, right? It was in a it was in the con it was in a big business like SVB. However, it was like it was literally building out a new business from scratch, right? This was kind of soup to nuts, you know, process procedures, operations, investing, all the you know, all the decisioning that like kind of fell fell to our group. And uh, being a part of that founding team uh, really taught me a lot about business building. Um, you know, not as pure as you know. The, the quintessential two two founders in a garage, so to speak, with a dog. It's but you know, like it was an entrepreneurial journey and um, one that like I learned a tremendous amount from and look forward to replicating um, you know frequently um, in my in my next chapter of, of my professional uh, journey. 
It, it's a super unique story, I think, especially with you know some of the, the job turnover that you see nowadays, which makes sense. There's so many opportunities for people to pop out and there's often a new chance for growth and learning, which it's, it sounds like you found within a lot of different roles. I'm curious with, with that final role that you had, what, what was your responsibility in, I'm, I'm very interested in how you looked at these companies and, and made decisions around, you know, who to lend credit to and who to invest in. I think, you know, it's, it's understood for a lot of entrepreneurs that, hey, here's 10 to 15% of my company for a venture capitalist, but what kind of companies are coming to you and saying, hey, yep. I don't want to overly dilute myself, but I need capital to expand yeah. in a business that's working. Yeah, I mean, my my role in in that was effectively just that it was it was it was two kind of two sided. It was it was one definitely sales business development, uh, with the caveat being that yeah, you know, SVB was plugged into a lot of these companies, right? So this was not like cold outreach getting in front of companies like from scratch. It was like companies that SVB holistically had a relationship with already. The business development aspects of the the role were more of like working more internally than externally, frankly, in terms of identifying the companies that we want to be proactively targeting this type of capital for. And I'll get into some of the more specifics of the capital. Um, I think the other the other piece of it is was um, yeah, there's uh, two more facets. So it's kind of like capitalization strategy, right? Um, you know, mezzanine financing without getting too much of the details is it, it as the name would infer, it's kind of sits between your your senior bank loans, lines of credit, more vanilla type of shorter term bank financing and your equity stack. Right. And it has attributes of both. Um, and so helping advise entrepreneurs um, around optimization of that capital strategy, at particularly at the growth stage or the businesses that we are investing in were we're definitely past product development, like product risk. Um, and they had already found product market fit by virtue of the fact that these are you know companies with tens of millions of dollars of revenue already, usually have raised multiple rounds of venture capital. But to your point, we're looking to, a lot of times it starts with the minimization of dilution, right? And whether they're going to make an acquisition or they want to expand internationally, they need capital but didn't want to necessarily go back to the venture markets to satiate that need in its entirety because of the dilutive effects, particularly in a business that's kind of past the, the true, as you would, you know, as you would think about it, rent venture risk type of stage. Um, and so, and then the third was just fr- frankly, like uh, the pattern recognition, right? Like, I mean, I was looking at, you know, hundreds of deals a year and most of them were like, you know, quick passes, right? And we, you know, we had a very high bar because we, you know, fundamentally we could, we, that we weren't, we weren't a business that was trying to grow, you know, assets under management to the billions and billions of dollars. It was like, no, we want to be very strategic and invest in companies that, you know, certainly are going to be stable from a, you know, credit perspective, protecting our, our, you know, investment downside, but also ones that, you know, have potential breakout to the upside on the equity because a big part of the way that we were structuring these deals was equity consideration as part of the holistic uh, return profile for us. Um, so maybe I'll just stop there. Yeah, no, that, that makes complete sense. And I think it's very interesting because I think a lot of the material out there for entrepreneurs, um, even later stage entrepreneurs is, you know, continual, let's release around, get a valuation, valuation we like and give up 10 to 15% of the company. Now, can work, I think 
the DoorDash founders had five to eight percent each at IPO. And obviously it's a big market, but if it's a smaller company or you have sustainable cash flow, I think an option like this is definitely something people people should consider. I I'll oh, go ahead. No, I'm I'm curious, uh kind of returning to that career arc. I know that you you did a stop at Babson for an MBA. I'd love to hear more about that experience for you. And then maybe I'll couple that with one other caveat with the question. I think that there are a lot of people in my stage in their career who are starting to think about what's next. And an MBA is an obvious option for them. I'm curious if if you were in their shoes today, if you think you'd still go that route or if there's any alternatives for learning or building your skill set within business that you might look at. Yeah, look, um, so I got my MBA uh, part-time uh, while I was working at SVB. It took me about three and a half years. I started in 2008 and, and finished up in 2012. Um, with all due respect to, to Babson, Go Beavers, um, it's not something that I would would replicate um, in large part because you know, I do I do have a pretty fundamental belief that there's a pretty significant decentralization of institutional kind of linear form education that's happening at play uh, more broadly from a societal perspective, largely driven by the internet, right? Um, I mean, look, like, like you can learn as much as on YouTube, and this is my experience on, you know, YouTube podcasts, even, you know, audio books, you know, what have you relative to, and, and, and make those like kind of self-directed in nature, relative to, you know, going to get your MBA, it's a stock program, like, yeah, you have some electives, but it's by and large kind of a a linear kind of preset curriculum for you, much of which, frankly, I don't draw on in a in a conscious way, right? Um, so, and it's, and by the way, it's like not getting cheaper, right? I, th- I think yeah. where you're, I think that the, the, the place where I'd continue to advocate for um, the, the MBA program, as an example, is just the social aspects to it um, and the networking opportunities. Um, you know, I've, I've got a, I don't have a ton of relationships um, that I've maintained uh, through my Babson days. However, the ones that have survived are meaningful. And whether we're, you know, partnering together or investing together, um, you know, the, the, the handful of ones that do exist, like, uh, like th- those are those are meaningful. So I think that's something that's maybe a l- little bit harder to um, replicate in a kind of true analog capacity. But even that's changing in the context of like, you know, people connecting on the internet and like people are raising money and you know, like part like building businesses like without ever having met people in person. So maybe even that is um, not as important. So long winded answer is like, look, it's a it's a personal it's a personal choice. I, there's merits to both sides of it. But if you're asking me the question, would I do it again? The answer is a, a pretty resounding no. I, th- I think that's a helpful answer. And from the friends of mine who I have that are considering it, it, it is a very personal thing. It makes sense for some and it doesn't make sense for others. I think, you know, you definitely hit on a few of the hypotheses that we have around with the index in terms of helping people you know, learn from all the available podcasts, articles, and videos that are out there. Um, but I think 
what you referred to, which I think is interesting is, you know, an MBA experience provides the credential, which can be valuable. There's the social experience. And then there's what I think you were referring to, which is the actual concrete skill development and learning. So to, to someone who's listening, who's like, I agree with you, but how do I take advantage of things that I'm learning in a fast paced business world? What strategies do you put to work in terms of taking advantage of that content? Where do you find it? How do you look to retain it? And then how are you making decisions, you know, investment decisions, next steps in your business journey decisions around all this information? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think the, the challenge is, is curation, right? Like the, the, there's this paradox of choice now that there's just such an abundance of like really high quality content that's out there. It's like, how do you, how do you source it? Um, yeah, I, I tend to, I tend to do that just by, um, being very selective about who I allow to curate information on my behalf. What does that mean? Like who I follow on Twitter, who I, uh, what what newsletters I'm subscribing to, like who who I build relationships with, are all like very deliberate, right? And I, like like not not like like in all those channels, like making sure there's maximum signal, minimum noise, right? And like relying on those curators to like you know both from maybe it's work that they're doing directly, but also like you're hearing about things that they're learning or reading or influential books or what have you as a way to like allow me to be as efficient with my time and energy that's being allocated to learning. Um, and, and, and allow, like feel like you're feel like you're not, you're not wasting your time and everything that you're, you're consuming as haphazard as it might feel. If you're listening to a, you know, a, a podcast on mental models over here and learn about Bitcoin over there. Like at least it's like kind of all like moving you in, 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 in a, in a positive direction relative to your particular interests. Absolutely. And I think, I think we'll return to that towards the end of the show in terms of what you've been reading, watching, listening to, but I'm curious to bring your story to today. I know you've recently left SVB to pursue a variety of things. I'd love you to talk everyone through that decision, what prompted it, and then at the present, you know, how are you allocating your time today in your in the next chapter of your professional journey? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm I'm taking what I'm describing as a sabbatical, um, and it was uh, it was pretty much an even 15 years SVB. I, I left um, officially in early July. And I, I, th- I think it comes back to like a lot, a lot of that, what led to that decision was just this, right? Is like, you know, wanting to, like, I think about learning as almost a craft in life. Um, I'm also a golfer. So it's like kind of the same in that, like, it's one of those things that like, you're going to constantly be able to do in your life, but you're never going to like summit the mountain. Right. And that's, that's like, I get like, I want to run through a wall. Right. Just like knowing that it's just like, <laughs> like, like, and that's why like, I've been so like excited about like a, a product like index coming to market because it allows me to kind of harness that. But like, but, but back to the sabbatical, like what, what, what else led to that decision? You know, it was just like, it would, I think it really was just like my intellectual curiosity. Right. I mean, SVB, I have nothing but great things to say about SVB. Anyone young in their career that's looking for a place to start, like, 
absolutely SVB is a phenomenal place to go cut your teeth, get experience, work with cool comp. Like, like I cannot say enough positive things about SVB. It just, it got to a point where it's like, I was there for 15 years. Right. And it was like, it was like, like, that was literally the only place I work in. Like, you know, diversity of experience is I think an important way to continue to learn. Right. And that was the only organizational structure I ever operated. I just, it was kind of one of these gradually then suddenly things. Like it was like kind of slowly building and building in me. And then, you know, did COVID definitely catalyzed like kind of just like thinking more first principle about like, what do I want to be when I grow up, so to speak? And led me to, you know, ultimately it was a, it was a very difficult decision, a very bittersweet decision, but in the end, like a incredibly obvious decision. And like, there hasn't been a day goes by that I, I don't, I, I have no regrets. And like, I'm incredibly excited about like, whatever it is that I go do or set up things that I go do next. Um, and so I'm, I'm two months, two and a half months into that journey now. And uh, the, the sky's the limit. I think, I think the, the observation that COVID's a catalyst is, is interesting because it was a catalyst for me. And from what I've been reading, there's a lot of people who are considering their next steps in all walks of life, kind of that slowing down to understand what's next. You, you mentioned some things that you're learning as we get towards wrapping up here, I'd love to hear what you what you've been learning about, and then maybe where where you've been going to find those sources. Uh, I know Bitcoin's an interest. Any other areas that you've been trying to go deep on and broaden your understanding? Yeah, crypto has definitely been one of those things. Um, I mean, like, look, there's like you can be in that biz, you can be in that space full time and still don't have a like. Like, like, you know, I'm a snowball's chance of hell of keeping up with the, you know, all the innovation and pace. So like, that's definitely one, um, you know, I've, I've always been interested of like learning how to learn or learning how to think. And so like an impactful, um, an impactful source for me in that department is the, the Farnham street blog, the FS blog, um, curated by Shane Parrish. I mean, it's like, it just is a, it's 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 predicated on like mental model and use like using mental models in the context of like like operating in life um and so like there's a lot of great content there as a podcast so like that's that's something that like that was like, you know, a couple of years ago i was like like i was on that thing like three four hours a day i've since kind of like dialed that back but i still go back there from time to time and i'm you know I'm a huge fan um uh of of uh, Farnham Street, what Shane is building there. Um, in terms of other things, like, I mean, I just like, just to kind of run them through, like you mentioned, like, like all the, you know, all the, all the crypto Bitcoin podcasts, like, I mean, th- follow me on index. Like I, you know, there are, I got some curated, like raw, very raw, but like starting to curate some collections around, around that. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm obsessed with the all in podcast. I just think, I think it's just like, <laughs> like first like number one just like incredibly entertaining but like you know you've, you're bringing together like four pretty freaking smart and diverse cognitively diverse uh individuals uh in terms of like and not being afraid to debate their worldviews like that like debate forum i love i mean just like because it's like let's just like you know get the ideas out there and then you like every individual at, at their own can decide kind of what you know, what they see is the closest thing to truth, recognize that no one's got it, got it exactly right. So, um, Maggie, keep going. But I, I mean, honestly, the shortcut is just like, go hit me up on index and you'll see kind of 
like the stuff that I'm consuming in the supplement. Cause I, I like, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's early days, right. But like, I'm, I'm the stuff that I'm actually putting in there has got a, it's got a pretty high bar to it. There's a lot of stuff that I consume that just doesn't even come close to making that cut. And, and I can, I can testify that you have some very strong recommendations on index. So we'll, we'll include that link to your profile um, in for, to the beta in the show notes. I'm wondering you know, for, for anyone listening that is interested in, you know, investing in technology companies, SVB, crypto, angel investing, uh, where can they reach out to you? And what kinds of folks should reach out and say, hey, if they found this useful and want to get connected? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would start with Twitter. Um, so I'm at 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 Brendan Quinn 84. We'll, we'll tag that in the show notes as well. Uh, maybe start there and then we'll, you know, just kind of take it to the appropriate medium uh, at that point. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of off and on active in terms of like my outbound with Twitter, but I'm very focused on, I, I, I'm on it, you know, probably more than I should be every day. So that's, let's just, <laughs> let's just let's probably start there. Uh, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn too, but like less, less active uh, in that facet. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Brendan, for being the inaugural guest of the Index podcast. This is a fun little experiment we've run here, so we'll see how it goes. But nothing but gratitude for your advice and sharing everything with the listeners today. So thank you.